0: Welcome to the Eye Test, a fantasy football podcast for those that are tired of listening to boring stats all day. I'm your host, Bobby. With me, as always, are my good friends, John and Paul. Buckle the fuck up because you're about to win or lose your fantasy week. So, boys, week five recap. Week five. How's your guys' fantasy weeks go, John? I listened to this podcast and I
1: lost because of it. <laughs> <laughs> No, I still lost in fantasy. I had a rough week. Jamar Chase and Lamar Jackson. My two biggest scores you would think were very mediocre. Yeah.
0: Still rocking over five hundred though,
1: so you're still in a good position. Yeah, I'm at like a tough part now. Luckily buys are coming into play this week, so like mm-hmm. I'm forced to start some players, but like I'm at I have a pretty decent bench where these guys can go off and we'll get into that later. But it's really hard. My sit
0: start decisions like drive me crazy until twelve thirty on a Sunday. Yeah, we're finally getting into that period where the buys are starting to come into play. And even if you're against, you're one of those lower-ranked teams, you're going against the higher-ranked teams, you still may be able able to pull out wins. Like, I have Derrick Henry on a buy. Luckily, I was able to pull out a win this week. Finally put up over 100 points. About time, dude. Yeah, it's about time. Still below 500, but climbing back in, getting a little (laughs) healthy. Still have questions at quarterback. Trevor Lawrence didn't do dick this week. And... My tight end, we'll talk about him later, put up zero points. So, questions about my team, but looking up a little bit. Thankful that I got this W and sitting at two and three. But, Paul, I know you haven't been as fortunate as (laughs) me or John so far this fantasy season. So, this is your time. Let's hear it.
2: No, I appreciate you guys giving me, you know, a couple minutes to just pour my heart and soul out into this because – this is the first week that I did not put up at least 110 points, so I deserve to lose this week, don't get me wrong, unless Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Derek Carr just go absolutely crazy, but I have put up 110 to 120 points every week for four weeks, and I just continue to lose, so I'm going to be sitting 0-5. I'm not thrilled about it. This is not fun, but I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep going out there, grinding, working on maybe some trades. But honestly, I like my team. They just all haven't put it together in one outing. And I've been getting shafted with my matchups. And <clears throat> you guys see my redraft league. You guys know that league. But let me just tell you how my fantasy luck is going this year. So I'm going to rattle off my starting lineup in my other big money league. And you tell me what you think my record should be. I like Kyler Murray... Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Saquon Barkley, Travis Etienne, oh my Chris Olave, and Gerald Everett. Oh, that's a solid squad. I have one win, and I'm about to lose this week. Again. With that team? With that team. With this team. And I'm sitting in eighth place with the second most points for. Oof. Like you just, you can't write this. This is, this is something out of a movie. I don't know what I did to the fantasy football gods. Maybe I care too much. Maybe it's my fault for caring too much, but I've just been getting, dude, I've just been getting shafted left and right and dynasty team is doing okay. So I'm really thrilled about that. I think I have a nice mix of win now guys and future young guys, but and then my other league, I'm just blowing the socks off of people. I'm in first place. But my two big money leagues, of course, I have just been behind the eight ball every single week. And I've lost twice to the person who scored the first most points when I've scored the second or the third. It's just, what are you going to do, though? What are you going to do?
0: Unfortunately, panic that- <laughs> no, we're not
2: going to panic trade.
0: No, Paul has been known to panic trade. Fun fact, he did. before a game was even played, the year that Dalvin Cook went off, he traded Dalvin Cook for a rookie David Montgomery and Amari Cooper on the Cowboys. I just one, saw, I saw potential. saw
1: potential. after the draft. <laughs>
2: yeah, I just saw some potential there. I don't know what I was thinking.
1: Yeah. Do you we've,
0: remember- all, we've all There's tried
2: no- to be the genius at some point.
0: There's no way you remember what your record was that year, right?
2: No. <laughs> I think I had at least five wins, though. <laughs> but you didn't have playoffs
0: or anything, right?
2: No, I finished that year. That year, I, I didn't finish in last, but I did finish at the bottom because I did make some sneaky trades in the middle of the year. That kind of boosted me back up. Yeah. But, you know, I play fantasy football. I try to hit home runs every single time, and sometimes it's okay to just hit singles and doubles.
0: Well, Paul, we're. I'm very glad you got to vent a little bit because I know starting 0-5, it's more than an uphill battle to make the playoffs. But what you do have going for you, in our main league at least, is that you do have scored a lot of points. So if you get into those tiebreaker situations, you might be able to sneak into the playoffs at the end of the year.
2: Yeah, and this is just, we won't. I won't harp on it too much, but how luck deals with fantasy, <clears throat> the guy currently in third place in our redraft league has the least amount of points for it.
1: He's about like, to be in first, by the way.
2: Yeah, because he's about to beat me and he's about to be in first and he has the least amount of points for it. Like,
1: that, LO. Because me, me and JT, all the second, third, fifth guys, we all lost. So, are you kidding? We have his one team, guy that's four and one in our league.
0: His team is absolute trash.
1: <laughs> it is trash. That's right. right. He has the least amount of score points. It's a luck, dude. Yep. (laughs) How much luck, how much like on a percentage scale would you guys say luck comes into play in fantasy? Like between luck and managerial skills.
0: I would say it's close. It's closer than a lot of people would say, but I would go. I think it's more luck. I I disagree. I think I would go 60% managerial practices and 40%.
2: I see. I would go. I think it all depends on the competitiveness of the league and how good the other players in your league are. Because if they're good and they all draft well, then it's going to come down to luck because, you know, they all know what they're doing. So you just got to pray that the guys you hit in your round, like everybody likes the same guys in each round. And then there becomes reaching and there comes this and there comes that. And then that's all just down to luck. Like, Reaching for a guy you really like in the fourth, even though you know he's a fifth-round value, but you might not get him there. Like it's crazy. But if you're in a bad league, you can just stack picks, and you're you're bound to get guys that hit.
0: Exactly. For example, like you were talking, you just talked about, you know, your draft position. Sometimes it just doesn't bounce your way. Like for example, I reached for Etn in the second because running backs were flying off the board in our keeper league. So I panicked a little bit. I was high on him. Obviously, it hasn't worked out. But the pick before that, Elwell took Tyreek Hill. And I was planning on taking Tyreek Hill if he fell to me. You know, if I end up with Tyreek Hill instead of Etienne, my team probably is in a better position at this point in the season. But yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it is luck. But I do think you can make up for that luck if you just know how to manage your team. John, I feel like you're going to go head Yeah, I was going to say 70-30. <laughs>
1: What? (laughs) Yeah, because dude, the schedule is randomly made like the schedule. So like, there are people who like, get lucky just because of the schedule because it's like, you played sometimes you you play what three teams twice, maybe. And before the playoffs start. So like that. Those three teams, if you play really good teams in the beginning of the year, you better hope that they cool down towards the end of the year because you don't want to be playing those guys when it comes down to deciding who is making the playoffs or not. So it sucks, and it's like, you know, it's it's a lot of luck. But I do agree with you is that you can – if you have a schedule like Paul's where he's playing teams that are like going off, Paul's managerial skills can help him make up that
0: gap. So The gap could always be made up with managerial, but like – experience but luck's just either going to be in your favor sometimes or it's not going to be unfortunately and for paul you know it's just not working out this year but let's move on a little bit looks like paul you're about to lose this week on 5 john you're about to lose second straight loss this week i'm fortunate that i escaped this week so i don't really have a white dog shit so let's start with you john who made you eat the white dog shit this week that made you basically throw in the
1: towel. It was Ramondre Stevenson. And there were players that I played against that were better than him, but I just wasn't expecting Ramondre Stevenson to have a, a good game like that. Once Harris, I think he tore his hamstring. Once, Tores. He, tore his, yeah. Once he tore his hamstring and I knew Ramondre had the whole half oh, and thanks. that they were up the whole game. I'm like, oh, this is going to go really bad. And so Ramondre just went off. He scored 19 points in a PPR format. And luckily he didn't score any touchdowns though. So that escaped from, I mean, either way I was going to lose. But yeah, Ramondre Stevenson is not only the guy who made me eat the white dog shit, but he's going to continue to make other managers eat white dog shit because right now the Patriots, they are forced to be a running base team now that they're down to their third-string quarterback, so... He's going to have a good rest of the year, Ramondre, if he stays healthy.
0: Yeah, if it is, do we know the status of Damien Harris for sure? Is like, is he done for an extended amount of time? I would think at least two, three weeks. Did he tear it, or is it just a pull or something? I don't know. Okay, well, I look
2: it up. I look it up right now. It just says he's done for the day with a hamstring. So day to day, it seems. But Jacoby Myers is also worth noting from that Patriots
0: offense this week. I think he had twenty five points. Dude, he killed Brilliant. it. Yeah, that that Lions defense. You could It doesn't matter who they're playing; they just get oh. ran and thrown <laughs> off all day. Their offense, yeah. They're all that team for some reason is just built to be in shootouts every single game. Their defense is god awful. So start whoever is playing the Lions. To be honest, <laughs> but Paul. <laughs> The 0-5 King, who made you eat the white dog shit this week?
2: So I've been eating a lot of white dog shit these past couple weeks. So I've actually grown accustomed to the flavor. It's really good with some light Italian dressing on it. Put it in a salad. But Brees Hall, your boy Bobby, and
0: my cuts <clears> three <throat> and two, baby.
2: Yeah, they look good. Brees Hall looked good. He had almost 200 yards of total offense. I do understand that 70 of them did come on a big play where he, he didn't even get a touchdown though on that play. Yeah. He ran, I think it was so a wheel bright. route that he caught on the sideline and got caught at like the one. And then I think Michael Carter vultured a touchdown from him there.
0: Vultured two. At He vultured
2: two. So I should actually probably write Brees Hall. A thank you letter for not completely shitting on me because yeah. it could have been, it could have been much, much worse, but Yeah, Brees Hall looked really good. He looked really fresh. But let's not forget that Teddy Bridgewater did get knocked out on like the very first play of this game. And you could tell the Miami Dolphins just gave up. Like they just gave in. They had a third-string quarterback come in. If you think about it just emotionally, how hard it is for you, watch Tua pretty much go through like one of the scariest things to ever happen on a football field. And then 10 minutes later, you're asked to just jump right back in and get angry and get mean and hit people. So. And so I don't think we understand how intense that situation could be. So then when Teddy Bridgewater gets knocked out with a concussion again, it looked like it just blew all the wind out of out of the Dolphins' sails, which let the no disrespect to the Jets, though. They played a hell of a football game. I think you're a little yeah. bit. I would never. I would never. Yeah, but but the Dolphins just gave <laughs> up and the Jets <laughs> scored 40 <laughs> points against them. I'm <laughs> hanging on by a thread here, guys, okay? Give me something to believe
0: in. If it was against the Ravens, Paul would be like, dude, the Ravens just outplayed them. Yeah. <laughs> the Jets, they just gave it. Yeah. <laughs> but, they practically handed them the win. But I would never. Up, but I'm happy you brought up Brees Hall, Paul, because that kind of leads us into our next thing. It's overreaction Monday, so we're going to start off with Brees Hall. Brees Hall is an RB1 rest of season overreaction or an underreaction
1: underreaction i think he wait under wait not an overreaction yes not an overreaction do you
2: believe he's going to be an rb1 yes i believe he's
1: going to be an rb1 he is just killing it like he's just he seems healthy he's quick he's getting a ton of volume he has that big playability. The only thing that can change is him not getting vultured touchdowns from Michael Carter. But, you know, he still scores, So it's like you can't really complain. Of course we want more. That'll happen. And if you're a dynasty owner of Brees Hall, hold on to the man. Oh my God. Don't oh my trade God. him. doesn't matter how many picks. Just accept when
0: your team is good. Stop trying to trade it. Exactly. Brees Hall is looking like an absolute – monster in dynasty leagues and even if michael carter's still there for years to come like he already showed this week and with an increasing workload that he's going to be able to you know put up points in fantasy leagues but paul what do you think do you think Brees hall could finish in the top 12 rbs the rest of the year
2: yeah i 100 agree and i think a big portion of it is a lot of the rb1s took until literally this week to start playing football where Brees <laughs> hall has been consistent he's been great Michael Carter there is not you know ideal but he's still putting up crazy points even with Michael Carter there and then taking consideration we don't root for injuries we obviously don't root for injuries but if if Michael Carter gets banged up and misses a few weeks and Brees Hall gets the complete workload he looks great running the ball he was very highly touted coming out of college and I think you're seeing it right now
1: I think yeah. it's like the perfect recipe too for a rookie running back is like not giving them the bell cow responsibility because that's when we start to see those players get injured early on in their career. So like just the Jets management is just easing him in like perfectly. Like he is just he's going to be a year two breakout even more than what he is now. He's going to yeah. be a high ticket item in the off season and once draft season begins next year. All right. So quick question.
2: Off the top
0: of your head, Damian Pierce or Brees Hall, rest of the season, who would you rather have? I'm um, Pierce. I'm biased a little bit, but I don't care because I also believe it. Brees Hall, 100. I just, I just believe that he's the, you know, he was drafted higher for a reason. He was the first running back taken off the board this year for a reason. The Jets traded up for him. He's just the full package, man. He's shown all of it, especially once the Jets get healthier on the line. And Zach Wilson playing well. Also, I just feel like it's a recipe for him to finish in the top 12 and to be an RB1 going forward. But this is kind of weird. We're talking about the Jets a little more. There's some. There's something cooking up there. I don't – There is. Bobby's I can't wait to move back to New Jersey. I mean, now that the Dolphins are, like,
1: dealing with injuries, I wouldn't be worried about the Patriots if I was the Jets. And so it's really just the Bills that you guys got to worry about. Yeah, I don't think you so. won't be.
0: Definitely not better than the Bills, but, hey – All us Jets fans want is to be relevant at the end of the season. That's not – shouldn't be asking much. But, (laughs) all right. So, next one. We are talking Seattle. Geno Smith, another huge week. Same thing with Metcalf. Same thing with Tyler Lockett. Unfortunately, Rashad Penny got hurt, but Kenneth Walker stepped in, played well. So, I'm going to say it. Seattle's offense finally deserves some fantasy respect. Not an overreaction
2: Not an overreaction He's playing extremely well Like he's making really good throws And I'm not sure if he's doing anything with his legs But he's making some really good throws And that ball he snuck into Lockett locket In between three defenders this week Was crazy So it's horrible to hear about Rashad Penny Because he did have a fantastic week Last week And for this to happen to him this week It sucks But yeah, I think the Seahawks are definitely up there as one of the bigger surprises of the league this year.
0: Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. All right. Last one for our reaction Monday. I feel like I know where you guys are going to go with this, but I feel like we need to talk about it a little more because of how bad it truly was this week on Thursday night football. But, (laughs) John, I know you're excited. And you don't even know what's coming, but I know you're excited. Uh It is time to bench Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah. Overreaction. Yeah. Reaction. And we're talking the entire year.
1: Yeah, bench him, dude. He is dead to me. <laughs> I don't even own him, and he's dead to me. He. So many people are hating Russell Wilson right now. If you start Russell Wilson, you're going to get just as much hate as Russell Wilson himself. People hate him for some reason. It's very – I don't understand He's corny and easy to make fun of.
2: Yeah, dude, don't get me started on Russell Wilson. I think he's the biggest fraud in the planet.
0: <laughs> What's he in- a fraud? Yeah, what's his deal? I don't know how people went from really – I'm not going to say people loved him. But, you know, people were like, okay, this guy's up in Seattle, you know, wins a lot. Yeah. no you know, one shit on him in
2: Seattle. He was no, not so, a
0: player at all, and now people just absolutely hate him.
2: Dude, here's the thing. Listen to Richard Sherman talk about Russell Wilson. Richard Sherman hates him. He's and weird. then a lot of teammates don't like him. And I think he gives this – he for the cameras, he's like, I'm Mr. Teammate. I'm Mr. This Guy. I'm Mr. Whatever. But then he's just like a pussy behind the scenes, and he thinks he's so much better than everybody. So I was listening to something the other day, and they were talking about Russell Wilson and his wife. What's her face? She's famous. She's like a singer. Sierra. Ariana Um, Grande. Sierra, yeah, Ariana (laughs) Grande. But they were like at the ESPYs, and everybody's taking pictures, and they're like trying to hide their face, and like, no paparazzi, please. He brings his security everywhere. I don't know who he thinks he is. He's not the president. He's not, you know, some... He's Legend, a
1: good- he's Mr. Unlimited,
2: yeah. And then his commercials just piss me off. He's so awkward and he tries to be dangerous, dangerous, and he's just a fraud.
1: Yeah, you're not dangerous at all, dude. You're dangerous to your own offense, bro. <laughs> all
0: Russ, all, who sent that in our group chat the other day? All Russ is cooking his like hot pockets or something. <laughs> That was me.
2: Yeah, Yeah, Russell Wilson's just overcooking him and she's Hot Pockets.
0: Let's stop talking about him. I'm tired of him already, and he's already letting down everyone that drafted this year. But let's move on to what's in the flex? What's in the flex?
2: What's in the flex?
0: What's in the flex? So players that have ascended into your starting lineups, not your personal starting lineups, but just... Guys, that you were on your bench, that you're like, okay, I'll start him now this week. I think he's earned that respect. Paul, who is your what's in the flex this week?
2: So life is all about pivoting, correct? I agree. I agree. we're yeah, not too good at no something. I'm not, but I'm after completely shitting on Gabe Davis. I'm going to say he he does deserve a flex spot Paul, in my opinion. A I am a trader. but here's why. So I'm personally 0-5, so I need to hit home runs every week. I need to hit home runs to try and win games. So that's why I'm going for him. He did get a full week of practice in, and watching him play this week, he did – He like before he was limping and he just wasn't running as fast and as crisp, where he does look like he's fully healthy from what I saw anyway. But the big thing to me here is this Buffalo Bills offense is like – upper echelon tier disgusting. Like, and it's ridiculous. it's insane what they're doing. And the fact that, you know, they do have injuries in the wide receiver room with Isaiah McKenzie and Jameson Carter, like everybody's hobbled, even Gabe Davis, but everybody's hobbled. So there's absolutely no reason Gabe Davis could put up 40 points whenever. Like, it doesn't matter the matchup. It doesn't matter who they're playing. These, this Bill's team is just that good. So I... Unfortunately, because of my record, I need to throw darts. I need to try and hit home runs. You're going to
0: start him next week because this is what always happens. Yeah. After someone blows up, they – are stuck in the cycle. Dude, they...
2: I know, and trust me, I and hear you. And let's just see who he's playing. I mean, he gets the Chiefs. That could be a shootout.
0: Especially with this Bill's offense, besides for Stevon Diggs, is extreme. Unpredictable because I did the same situation with Devin Singletary. Had him on my bench a couple weeks ago. Put up 24 points, obviously. Started him, only puts up like 10. So this Bills offense is very unpredictable. If you don't have Stefan Diggs, know you're going for boom or bust when you mm-hmm. start a Bills position player outside of Diggs. But John, who's your? What's in the flex?
1: Raheem Mostert. He always does it. Like, he always, like, sneaks up behind the... He's always, like, the backup running back at first, and then he just, like, sneaks up and takes tons of volume away. Like, when he was on the Niners, he forced himself into, like, a 1A, 1B type of situation, and then he goes to Miami, gets a $1 million contract compared to Chase Edmonds' six. And Mostert wasn't, like, an early season move or anything like Chase was, but he has just... clearly beat him out of his job chase edmonds is i think he saw double digit carries the first game of the year and hasn't seen anything over 10 yet mostert scoring mostert's getting involved in the passing game and getting like 12 to 16 rushing attempts a week so he deserves a flex spot the hardest part with my roster is i do not know who to start at flex so i'm gonna need your guys' advice on wednesday's episode because i am stuck between mostert Lockett and Deontay Johnson
0: it's a good problem to have it's like the worst when you have so many like solid players and who yeah. to start you know
2: <laughs> yeah but and then of, of course when somebody does well you're always like I knew I should have done that even uh, though yeah you, right but you can't do that to yourself
0: Mostert is the guy though like it's always been he's always been pretty good fantasy wise when he's been on the field but these past couple years he's just been like he steps on the field, bangs, ACL's gone, he's done for the I year. I know,
1: he's very injury-prone. He didn't.
0: I, I didn't realize this, but he didn't play a single game last year. Yeah, he was yeah. gone did he even started. It was crazy. But he's solid. If he stays on the field, you know, he could definitely – he'll definitely be like – forget even flex. If he keeps playing like this, he'll be RB2, no he questions. he be RB2, yeah, I agree, I agree. But now my – What's in the flex? So we're going to give a little caveat to this one you know he's kind of a guy that's been flying under the radar this year but we were talking about that explosive Lions offense earlier a little bit and this guy Josh Reynolds I picked him up as like a dart throw because my wide receivers aren't healthy at all and he has been even though DeAndre Swift has been out St. Brown was limited yesterday but he was out the week before that and DJ Shark's been out who they played big money to he has been consistently even when those guys have been in the lineup have been getting the targets, you know, these past three weeks, he's had eight to 10 targets, all these three weeks. So a little asterisk with this, you know, when they get fully healthy, maybe he won't be flex worthy as much, but he's definitely has earned a flex spot for the time being, at least until the lions defense has been healthy this week, 15 points in standard PPR the week before that 21 points in standard PPR. So. If he's still on your waiver wire, go pick him up and at least see what happens with DeAndre Swift and all these guys coming back from injury because none of these guys really have proven they could stay healthy so far this year. Yeah, I love that one. John, what do you think? Do you like Josh Reynolds? You don't seem like you're too- uh... I just haven't been following him that much. Dude, I always back up John's picks and then I give him something and he's like, oh. Yeah,
2: <laughs> John's like, I only support it if it's my player. <laughs>
0: Oh man, John, we're gonna need a little more
2: from you. I know.
0: I just I don't trust people like Josh Reynolds. Like I just. Hey, look at the numbers, man. We're not a stats podcast, but he's been passing the eye tests so far this year, and he's been putting up the numbers. But yeah. let's move up to everyone's favorite segment of the week, and it is fillet or flank. Ooh. We are talking fillets first, and John, the quarterback guru himself always talking about quarterbacks who is your quarterback filet of the week my
1: filet remember these filets there's filets which is just like that that perfect medium rare steak my filet should be josh allen but it's not because josh allen would be the filet of the week it's easy Yeah, way too easy we got to think about the people who You know, well, this guy's been doing pretty good all year, but he just hasn't really stood out, and a lot of people aren't buying into the hype. Well, that ends today. Geno Smith is my fillet of the week. He's just looking good. Like we needed a just like, well, wait and see, wait and see. It's like he he's kind of on the low key, high powered offense right now. What are like? We did not expect this at all. I'll tell you one thing. We thought that the Broncos were going to be so much better than the Seahawks. Like, it wasn't even going to be close. The Seahawks have a high-powered offense right now, and he's having some highlight throws, too. Like, Paul, you mentioned the Ty Lockett pass that he had. I think he was running the left side of the field, threw crossbody into the middle of the field. Like, it was really cool. Not many quarterbacks can make that throw. And he threw for three touchdowns yesterday, no interceptions, and he keeps continuing to hit Tyler Lockett for multiple targets a game, and I'm a Tyler Lockett owner, so I have to love Geno Smith. He's you my player to. of the week.
0: You have to. I like it. I like it. And like we said earlier, that Seahawks offense is no joke anymore. I think all of us are in on their offense.
1: Yeah. And Geno's definitely like a systems quarterback, I believe, but if you fit
0: into the system, who the fuck cares? Like, it's- now you're just a good quarterback. That's and that's the best thing about fantasy. It doesn't matter if they make the playoff like that. All that matters is the points that they're putting up and if they're productive statistically, honestly. But let's move on to running backs. And, Paul, you mentioned this earlier. RB1s are finally, or the traditional RB1s that you think about, are finally starting to hit their stride a little bit this season. And this was the first week that Alvin Kamara finally stepped up And I traded for him. I traded Debo Samuel for him, so it was a big price to pay for a guy that wasn't really producing up to his standard. But finally came through against the Seahawks this week. Didn't even score a touchdown and put up. What did he put up? 23 points in standard PPR leagues, no touchdowns, six receptions, 91 yards, 23 carries, 103 yards on the ground. Like, people were just so down on him and people tend to overreact because everyone expects, you know, when you draft someone in like the first or second round that they're going to be putting up 20 points every single game. It's not, it just doesn't happen. Honestly, you know, it's not realistic. And finally, Kamara had that breakthrough game. And I expect him to continue, you know, hitting his stride as the year comes. Doesn't mean he's going to be, you know, that the Drew Brees, Kamara, that we all grew up knowing and loving, but, it was good to see him finally break through. So he is my fillet of the week. It was a good yep. week for running backs,
1: dude. <clears throat> running backs had, they they won the week for sure. I think last week it might have been the quarterbacks and the wide receivers, but the the running backs took it away this week for sure.
0: Yeah, Derrick Henry, another big week too. Another guy that they were writing off after a bad couple games. But moving on to the wide receivers. Paul, who is your wide receiver fillet? Of the week,
2: yeah. So, to go off of what John mentioned about Geno Smith, I was like, you know, what, let's keep this rolling, let's go Tyler Lockett. Of course, I could mention the Justin Jeffersons of the world, but we all know that they're studs, we all know how great they are. But Tyler Lockett had himself a game, and let's be honest, this Saints defense is not terrible, it's really not that bad. Marshawn Lattimore is a stud cornerback. I know that he saw a lot of DK Metcalf that day, but DK I think had himself a pretty good day too. That's
1: what's great about Geno is he's passing to both of his wide receivers.
2: Marshawn Lattimore on DK Metcalf left Tyler Lockett a lot of room to work and he proved to be a great second read for Geno Smith. He made that highlight catch between three defenders where Geno Smith just threw a perfect ball at all lined up. And then he had another deep touchdown reception. That just blew him up. I think he got, what, almost 30 points for you, John?
1: Yeah, 29 points, baby.
0: Yeah. yeah
2: and we talked about him on the last episode, because remember we were talking about Deontay Johnson or Tyler Lockett? Who would you start yep. or sit? I and went with Tyler looks, Lockett. Looks like you made the right call. See, so yeah, I'm going with yep. Tyler Lockett as my flay of the week. Um, but like we mentioned before, I think we started recording – Tyler Lockett is hit or miss. I'm not saying that he's going to give you 20-plus points a week because he has been known, even with Russell there, and when Russell was actually good, he did throw up some studs. But he's still a very talented player, still a very gifted
0: player, and he played exceptionally well this week. Yeah. (laughs) No, the Seahawks, again, this this is turning into a Seahawks podcast right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do like the emergence of Geno Smith. For sure. And Tyler Lockett showing consistency is somewhat of an emergence, too, because he's like really growing into that role where it's like,
0: hey, we're going to need you every single play. Yeah, Tyler Lockett may be, you know, I think it's still too early to say, but given what's happened over the past couple of weeks, he may end up becoming more reliable under Geno Smith than he was under Russell Wilson. But yeah. from one bird to another, we are talking the tight end fillet of the week, and that is... Dallas Goddard, guy that really, you know, tight ends aren't talked about that much because they're not a deep position, right? Like but Dallas Goddard is one of the few tight ends that you could still rely upon. And Dallas Goddard has been productive all season. He's been pretty productive these past couple of years, honestly, too. He has the trust of Jalen Hurts, you know, end zone threat and all that stuff. So he put up – he didn't even score a touchdown this week, and he still put up 17 points in standard PPR leagues, I believe. It was – eight receptions for 95 yards, you know, that's very impressive for a tight end, especially when he didn't even get in the end zone. So Dallas Goddard, the fillet of the week from the tight end position.
2: Yeah, and quick thing about Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard was actually the cream filling on the Twinkie that screwed me this week because if he put up a dud, I had a chance. Like I had a chance going into the Sunday night games. But when I saw that he put up almost eighteen points, I was like, "Yep, that's just how my season is rolling."
0: So he made you eat the white shit as well, not just Brees Hall.
2: Yeah, I got it. From, I got it from a couple ends this week.
1: You are getting <laughs> used to it, huh? Now you're eating your white dog shit with
2: Twinkies. Yeah, now I'm saying thank you, sir. Thank you, sir.
0: Paul is both step brothers now. Yeah,
2: yeah right. <laughs> thank you, sir. May I have another? <laughs> All right,
0: boys. Now with every fillet, there's always a flank. So, Paul, we're going to start with you with the wide receivers. Who is that flank that is just sitting on that grocery store bottom shelf that you're just like, just shit the bed this week?
2: Yeah, so I'm going to go with Christian Kirk for the Jaguars. He only had one catch for 11 yards this week. And the Jags offense, we were pretty high on them through the first three weeks. They were looking really good. And then when they met the Eagles – We, You know, the Eagles defense, they have a great defense. We gave them a pass. But then they play the Texans, who aren't, like, a terrible defense. But they're definitely a defense that you should score more than six points on. Yeah. And Christian Kirk is coming down to earth. He had three fantastic games to start the year. And then he's fell off. And we were throwing him a party. Like, he was worth the money. He has earned it. He's showing it this year. But now it's come back down to earth. I wouldn't throw the towel in on Kirk just yet. But – it's definitely a little uneasy seeing him put up two really bad weeks and especially a really bad week this week.
0: Yeah, I think that's more of, you know, hard with these wide receivers and stuff because they're so obviously dependent on their quarterback's production. You know, if their quarterback isn't is sailing passes over their head all game, then obviously they're not going to be productive. So it's always hard to gauge how well a wide receiver is doing. But, yeah, I think we rushed the, you know, Trevor Lawrence is the truth, the answer, and all that stuff. And like you said, gave him a pass against the Eagles. Texans definitely expected more. Absolutely.
2: And I know divisional games can be tough, but still, this is
0: not a great week for Christian Kirk. No, not good at all. Not good for the Jags, honestly, at all. So now we're going to talk about the running back flank. The dude that it just... And this is a guy that's fallen under the radar this year. We've talked about a lot of running backs that haven't been living up to expectations. And in my view, I still would have drafted him this year, but he was due for a regression no matter what. And this is James Conner of the Arizona Cardinals. Put up, did you guys, I know you guys know that he did really well last year, but did you know he had 18 touchdowns last year? Yeah, that's insane. I luckily had him last year. 18. And through five weeks this year, he only has and he just isn't passing the eye test guys he's hasn't looked good at all he hasn't really been putting up any numbers his rushing's been okay but he hasn't been that involved in the past game like all he had so far this year was a 16 point week one and he hasn't gone over 10 points since then but people that drafted him in you know i think his adp was like third or fourth round, that's a really – it's not looking good so far, and that Arizona offense hasn't looked nearly as good as it did last year for whatever reason. So, James Connor is the flank of the week, and I would seriously be concerned about him, especially because he has been hurt already twice this year and got hurt again. Yeah, he's week. not playing next week, so. Yeah, so hope maybe he'll get healthy, but I would be seriously concerned if I'm owning James Conner right now, and I'm not sure what you'd be able to get for him, but – Big concerns there for me, and that's what makes him my flank of the week. Dude, nothing's worse than,
1: like, the running backs who score, like, that many touchdowns or just are a top five running back, and they just completely pull a 180 on you the next year. Like, like we a- all thought we hit the jackpot on James Conner, like the ones who drafted him, and then it's like, of course I'm going to draft him again.
0: He's yeah. not super old. Well, it's the same thing, like, I hate to I hate to bring Paul back into this because I know he's hurting, but, like, it's the touchdown regression. Like, it's not – how often do players put up 15-plus touchdown seasons in back-to-back years? Only really the elite of the elite fantasy running backs do that. It's just so hard, and same thing with Joe Mixon that I was talking about with Paul. I don't know how many touchdowns he has, but he's definitely not on pace to what he had last year. Like, it's just – you always got to be thinking about that touchdown regression.
2: He's, oh, got one got... Touch, he's got one touchdown, and it happened last week, and then he got stuffed at the
0: goal line again this week. Yeah, you know, it's just one of those things where fantasy, you're like, like you said, John, oh, yeah, I'll definitely draft him. He'll do the same thing that he did last year, but it never really works With, out that way. Works full thinking, yeah. Exactly. But moving on to the quarterbacks now, John, who is your quarterback flank of the week?
1: Yeah, so this guy didn't put up a uh... – Donut or anything like that, like not a dud. But he is a quarterback that I own in two of my leagues. He's honestly the reason why I have the records I do, and he should honestly be like a top five quarterback every week. His name's Lamar Jackson. He is my flank. Yeah, I know, Paul. And you know what? The Ravens got the win, but it wasn't because of Lamar Jackson, Paul. I I know. Look, like I said, he didn't put up a dud or anything. But honestly, I win my weeks based off of Lamar Jackson's performance. It doesn't matter what anyone else does on my team. If Lamar Jackson goes off for 30 points, I'm winning my league, like no matter what. So it's true. Like all the last two weeks, he's put up less than 20 and I have lost. So that's just how I drew that conclusion.
2: You Um, just blame Lamar for all your problems.
1: Yes. And you know what, Paul? I will blame Lamar for my problems because (laughs) guess what? He could have had an extra like 80 yards possibly a touchdown or two. Do you remember what happened in that fourth quarter when he over? Yeah, he
2: missed two throws, John. I was watching.
1: <laughs> Dude, yeah, those were really bad. Like, he, he should have made those throws. So that's what, that was honestly one of the biggest. I saw that and I was like, that's it. That's my flank of the week. And then he had a couple 20-yard rushes, and I was like, okay, maybe not. But then I lost fantasy, and then he didn't break 20 points. So uh, flank. Thank God for Justin Tucker.
0: Paul, we're moving on to tight ends now. So what I'm about to say, you can't say anything after this. (laughs) But but Lamar Jackson just, I don't think he's it, man. I don't know if I'll, I don't think. (laughs) I'm not saying. I was not expecting that. This is not a fantasy take. This is a pure football take. I don't think LeVar Jackson's ever winning a Super Bowl. I don't know if he'll ever even get to one.
2: Oh, boy. I'm resigning from this podcast. <laughs> I can't work with you guys. It's,
1: oh, how do you respond to that?
2: Yeah, I hate having a unanimous MVP as my quarterback. Like, that sucks. That's I hate it. You're right. We should just shop him. Just <laughs> ship him away. It doesn't really
1: seem like he wants to be there either. So Bobby could be right. He may never lead the Ravens to a Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You
2: guys
0: are just killing out of that. Yep. All right. All right. Enough of piling on Paul. I feel bad now. We're moving on to the tight end flank of the week. And this guy was moving up in the tight end ranks first few weeks of the season with my Jets. And two, week, two episodes in a row, the tight end flank has laid a goose egg. And it's not that surprising from the tight end position. Yeah, that's always going to happen. How is. But this week, instead of Dalton Schultz, it's. Tyler Conklin, complete goose egg, only one target. I'm pretty sure C.J. Uzama had a catch over him. Oh, no, he's back. And now I think the concern is that was Tyler Conklin just a byproduct of Joe Flacco? You know, I wouldn't necessarily wave the white flag on him yet. It's only one week. That was his first, like, real bad week. Granted, it was a goose egg of the year. But – It's starting to creep into your head now as an owner, and I started him this week. Thankfully, I still won. didn't cost me or anything, but a goose egg always has you thinking, maybe I got to get rid of this guy now and start someone else. So Tyler Conklin, just come on, man. That ain't it. That's not it. And Zach Wilson, target that fucking guy more, please, so I don't have to go trade for a tight end because actually both my tight ends this week laid goose eggs with Dalton Schultz getting hurt mid-game. So tight end position is rough for me right now
1: <laughs> yeah i dude i don't have a tight end either i'm stuck with will disley and
0: fucking dawson knox oh uh, dawson knox is another one of those guys that you thought was gonna end up being like solid with josh mm. Allen, well doesn't even look his way at all
1: yeah it's actually that's another team it's will disley and robert tunyon who they both get, like, the same amount of volume. I'm actually starting Disley this week as of now just because the Packers' offense looks slow. So I'm sticking with the high-powered offense.
0: Paul, who's your tight end? I have Zach Ertz who just quietly gets 10 targets a game. That's, it, yeah. Man, that's good enough, though, from the tight end position, honestly.
2: Continues to get at least 10 to 15 points from my tight end position. So Can't 10th round, Zach Ertz. So Is that going to change when D-Hop comes back? I want to say no, because I think D Hop is just going to take away targets from the outside receivers. Yeah. I where agree. Ertz is like the only guy who works in the middle of the field for him. And don't get me wrong, he's getting like six catches for 40 yards a game. So
0: it's not like it's crazy numbers. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Zach Ertz, not the tight end he once was, but if you get 10 points from your tight end position, you take that any day in the week, you know? All right, guys. Went through our flanks. Now we're talking guys that you're just completely cutting off your fucking team. Get that corn out of my face. Get that corn out of my face. (laughs) So I'll go first. My, and this is one that I think we can spend a little more time on because he's a very prominent guy, drafted in the first round in most leagues, if not like the really early part of the second. Najee Harris, I'm sorry to all the owners out there, but you gotta bench him at this point. You have to. Really, I think it, dude. I think you have to. I don't unless you uh, running back that the guy hasn't put up thirteen over thirteen points all year. He was, and yesterday's game was. You know, I'm not gonna overreact to one game, but the fact that he was out rushed by Jalen Warren and Jalen Warren only had four carries is. Not good. He's not involved in the pass game as much as he was last year for whatever reason. That's what's kept his floor so high last year. I owned him. I drafted him in the first, actually, last year, too. And he was a consistent, like, 15, 16 points a week because of that passing game involvement. He was never, like, a, you know, a high yards per carry runner. It was the passing game that kept his floor so high. But he's not getting it this year. So until you start to see some type of games... Where he's getting more to that receiving floor, I guess. Like, I just, I think you have to bench him if you have better options. Like, you can't keep hoping that he's going to return to last year's form because it's we're five weeks in, guys. You know, you can't keep hoping anymore. So, fuck.
1: So, do I bench Jamar Chase then? No,
0: no. It, it's completely different. Yeah, completely different. he scored twelve points three it's,
1: weeks
2: in a row. It's complete. Yeah. 10 targets, though, John. 10 targets. And my guy, Marlon Humphrey, was all over him.
1: I know, dude. I just, he needs to score more points. But
0: Harris is now, in my opinion, put him on the bench. And if you don't have better options, fine. But you haven't been getting much out of him anyway, you know? So I guess hope for the best. But he is my, get that corn out of my face. Put that man on the bench. (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I love it i
2: hope i i wonder how much Najee's uh injury is hindering him that begin because remember that kind of scared around draft season he had a list frank injury and like he was playing through it but then it was like iffy that's why his draft stock went to the second round where he was like a surefire first
0: round guy he hasn't been on the injury report though well remember week one i think
1: it was week one he, like we thought he snapped his leg in half
0: yeah yeah, I don't know. Maybe it is the injury, but I'm sticking by it right now. And hopefully he proves me wrong because I have him in Dynasty. But in redraft, you know, at this point, what are you really going to get for him? Unless you get someone to freaking take the bait, you know? Yeah. So, but let's get off of Najee now. I know a lot of people are going to be upset with me from that. So, John, who is your – get that coin out of my face. Dude, but... I want Chase Edmonds to get out of my face.
1: I've already spoke about him, so I don't need to harp on this much longer, but he is just from everyone thought that he was like the sleeper pick in the RB dead zone this year. You felt like a genius drafting him. Hmm. I was high on chase Edmonds like three weeks ago. I was like, it's happening. Don't worry. Like he's going to get volume. He doesn't get volume. My work league does half point per carry. So every rushing attempt, even with that extra little boost chase edmonds gets me half a point a game from his rushing attempts so it's like dude you serve no purpose on my team let alone my starting roster you're off my team dude so bye bye chase edmonds hi hi raheem
2: Mostert. i agree with that john with chase edmonds i wouldn't drop him just yet though just because of Mostert's injury history but That's, it's not
1: even like the, Chase can handle a RB2 workload. Like, he's getting RB3 workload.
0: He's getting I think, rushing attempts. Paul, I know you got someone good. Come on. Who
2: is it? So, my – get that corn out of my face – is not just one player. It's actually everyone on the Los Angeles Rams not named Cooper <laughs> Cup. With an honorable mention for Tyler Higby because the tight end position is weak. Higby's been okay. Yeah. But – If Unless you're Cooper Cup, like I'm not starting any Rams offensive player at any skill position. Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson, I don't know what the hell's going on in that backfield. I think they're the worst rushing team in the league. They just look horrible. Allen Robinson has been arguably the biggest disappointment in fantasy football this year. A guy who we've preached for years has the talent, has all this, has whatever. And he just comes and drops another stinker in LA and I understand that Stafford has not, Stafford's definitely the best quarterback he's ever played with but Stafford looks like shit this year Stafford, Dude, he's does. he's, so he's constantly bad. running for his life he's always been that kind of gunslinger I'm gonna risk it and do whatever and, and it's just not working out for him, he's just throwing a lot of picks he's forcing a lot of balls that don't need to be thrown and Cooper Cup's the only guy on the Rams offense that I would start ever for the rest of the year, unless something crazy happens.
0: That segues actually perfectly into our rapid rounds. So you guys obviously don't know what's coming. All right, so going off that Rams topic is, I'm taking it a step further in this question. Is Allen Robinson droppable in all formats? Yes. Hell yeah.
1: Oh, look at the kitty. Hi, Remy. (laughs) Hi, Remy.
0: So you guys are going. Uh Blanket yeses, absolutely. Yeah, You're not- I, I, yeah. Allen
1: Robinson sucks, dude. He's not getting involved in the offense. He's not catching the balls when they come his way. Not saying Matt Stafford is throwing him perfect passes, but yeah, everyone on the Rams is droppable except for Cooper Cup, Tyler Higby. Okay, that
0: segues actually perfectly into the next one. <laughs> is Matt Stafford droppable in all formats? Yes. Yes no oh, oh
2: you to say yes <laughs> i'm gonna go no just because of sean mcvay is still a genius there's still plenty of time for them to figure this out this is exactly what they did last year to be very honest with you through the first half of the season we were like is stafford the answer is stafford the answer you know he wasn't playing extremely well just because quarterbacks this year have been weird if you don't have a top five guy then we're seeing a lot more Busts from quarterbacks than we've ever seen. We've always seen quarterbacks have like a fifteen point floor. So I think Stafford, if you have the room for your bench and there's not a guy on the waiver wire that you're like incredibly in love with to drop him for, I think he's I think he's worth holding on to for a bit.
0: So Stafford's keepable, still worthy of a bench spot, but Allen Robinson isn't.
2: No, I think Allen Robinson is trash. I think he's been trash for years, and we've just all been so afraid to admit that for some reason. Yeah, and he. Watch him play football. I, if you haven't watched an L.A. Rams game yet this year, I encourage you to watch one and then come talk to me about Allen Robinson. He does not look good.
0: Okay, so drop Allen Robinson and hold on Matt Stafford from Paul, and John's just complete.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's
0: no point to have a quarterback that gets you 12 points a week on your roster. I drafted him in the 10th round and thought I was getting a steal. I was like, wow. Right. I drafted Drafted him in two of my leagues, and I was like, "Damn, Stafford in the 10th. Not that I thought it was like, "Oh my God, I'm like fleecing the whole league," but I'm like, "This is a good, this is a good deal. Like it's a value pick, you know." But been he's been worse than so many other quarterbacks. Wentz, like just all right, guys.
2: Yeah,
0: all right. Next, since Travis Etienne had a mild breakout game this week, and he's been he outperformed J. Rob this week as well. Maybe there's a changing of the guard going on. I want to see what you guys think. Travis Etienne or J-Rob? Rest of season. Ooh. Oh, no quick answer. I like it. These are good. I'm going to go with J-Rob.
1: But, uh, dude, I could easily see myself being wrong here. Like, I'm only going with J-Rob just because I've seen more consistency out of him. But... Dude, Doug Peterson is known for working multiple running backs into the offensive scheme, so keep an eye on this one because our opinions may change weekly on this. But if I had both J-Rob and Etienne on my team, I would start J-Rob over Etienne whenever their next game is.
2: I'll play devil's advocate here and go Etienne. And the main reason for me thinking that is it looks like the Jags offense is coming back down to earth. They're going to be in a lot more negative game scripts. ETN is clearly the better pass catcher of the two. So, he might just see the field more, but if the Jags get hot again like they were in the first 3 weeks and J Robs your J Robs your ground and pound guy, but I'm going to go ETN.
0: Yeah. Definitely something to monitor now cuz it's been something we've been staying on. Maybe as the season gets longer like you said, Paul, ETN starts to take over a little bit. You know, they drafted him in the first round even though Doug Peterson didn't draft him. This guy was still drafted in the first round for a reason. So we'll see what happens mm-hmm. with that, and we'll, stay, we'll keep monitoring it. All right, next one. Couple, one injured receiver and a suspended wide receiver currently. Hopefully, Keenan Allen comes back soon, I hope, because I drafted him pretty high. And DeAndre Hopkins should be back soon as well. Are you taking Keenan Allen rest of the season or DeAndre Hopkins rest of the season? D- D-hop. Just, dude, Keenan Allen
1: hasn't, I mean, neither has D-hop, I guess. I just, I'm assuming D-hop is healthy right now, so I can at least get one good game out of D-hop, and Keenan hasn't even done that. He's gotten, what, eight points in PPR League? Hey, he,
0: he scored ten points in one half, and then he got injured.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to take D-hop here just because of I, he's healthier than Keenan. Okay, I like it. Good justification. Paul,
2: you on
0: that same reasoning pretty much?
2: Yeah, I'm going to go D-hop, but it wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't be shocked if Keenan outperforms D-hop for the rest of the year for the simple reason just because the Cardinals look like a disaster and the Chargers, like, aren't that great either. But just as far as an arm talent's concerned, I prefer Justin Herbert over Kyler Murray.
0: Keenan Allen's kind of that, like, security blanket wide receiver. He's not really – doesn't give you that touchdown upside, I guess, as much as D-hop would. Isn't really that deep threat. But he could easily rack up like 20 points of you know catches and yards in PPR leagues. He racks them up. Like I said, he put up 10 points in the one half of football that he played. So either way, I think both of these guys will be pretty good as they work their way back. But I think I would lean more towards Keenan Allen. But that's probably just me because I have him. And I'm really hoping he comes back soon because I need him. I'm tired of starting Terry McLaurin as my wide receiver too. But... Guys, we had a very big video this week and I couldn't let the, let this episode go without bringing up the man of the hour. The man of the fantasy season, some would argue. Nick motherfucking Chubb. Yes. Will Nick Chubb finish the year as the overall running back one in fantasy?
2: Yeah. I'll go yeah
0: that wasn't confident I didn't feel confidence in it
2: no and the only reason I'm not confident in it is just because he never catches the ball so if Eckler continues this tear that he's been on in the last two weeks like I wouldn't be surprised if Eckler is crowned King RB and then also not to mention that Saquon Barkley is just the most consistent running back in as far as catching passes and running the ball but yeah Nick Chubb just Constantly gets overlooked, constantly gets devalued, and here he is.
1: Yeah, I'm going to say no. He's got a lot of competition, and Paul, you've mentioned Eckler and Saquon. I'm going to add in CMC there. The last two weeks, they found out that you can pass to Christian McCaffrey. Very good for the Panthers there. Seemed like the second Baker Mayfield figures it out, he gets injured. So keep an eye on that, see if he's still playing. Who would be the, uh, the quarterback for the Panthers if... Baker and Donald are out. Is Sam it that Coral?
0: Yeah, that's who I thought. It I, might.
1: I think he got hurt in the preseason and he's out for the year, too.
0: Really?
2: So yeah. it would be Robbie Anderson.
1: Oh my God,
0: <laughs> it would. That would be so crazy. I mean, it's obviously not going to happen, but <laughs> how funny yeah, would they'll, start, they'll be in the market for sure. Don't be
1: surprised. The Panthers already made a move by firing Matt Rule today. Don't be surprised if they look to pick up a
0: cheap quarterback on the fly. Yeah. who was it? What quarterbacks are out there now that they could, like, sign? Cam Newton. Really?
2: Yeah, let's try that for a fourth time.
0: Dude,
1: it would make sense for the Panthers. Like, they would do something like that. Is there anyone
0: else that, like, could be, like, shocked? Quarterbacks? Dude, yeah, the Mitchell Trubisky. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's... You're better off running out Robbie Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree.
1: Gardner Minshew, if the Eagles wanted to make a move, they
0: could do that. Yeah, but who's they're going to be their backup then?
1: If we're making a move for win now, I wouldn't mind shopping Gardner Minshew. I think if you need
0: Gardner Minshew, if you want to win now. Why? I agree. Because what if Jalen Hurts gets hurt? What are you going to do? Go freaking trot out like Miles Sanders as your quarterback? No, then we're just not going to
1: win now. We're only winning now if Jalen Hurts stays healthy.
2: Dude, you guys I guys really want a Super Bowl on a backup quarterback, and you're gonna sit here and not talk about the importance of a backup quarterback?
0: <laughs> I feel like, like Gardner Mitchell could be that Nick Foles 2.0. You know? Oh, stop it, dude! No one could ever do what Nick Foles done. Yeah, it's true. Carson Wentz was never the same,
1: man. You guys, dude. Killed. Carson Wentz is not a winner, bro. He had a decent
0: fantasy week, not a winner in football. That guy. John, i don't want to hear your takes because you guys were like all up on when when he was having his mvp season and
1: then, yeah it's an mvp season
0: <laughs> i don't want it i don't want to hear it now you guys hate it because you let him go and you're just relishing in his <laughs> failure uh, yeah it's nice to see him on, on the other side of the ball yeah all right guys that was good those rapid rounds were funny but now we're going to be talking a little more general fantasy advice now. And last week we talked trade advice and everything like that. This week, you know, we're going to take a little different approach. We're going to be talking about how setting your lineup. It's We talked about the luck of fantasy and everything like that. And I'll start it off by saying if you didn't start Gabe Davis or someone that you deemed not start worthy, or bench worthy it's okay if they blew up on your bench you still made the right decision like sometimes in fantasy you get so overwhelmed and absorbed in all the numbers and everything like that but as long as you're not benching someone like jamar chase you're like okay jamar chase has only put up 12 points the last three weeks or last two weeks i'm gonna bench him now because he's not living up to the hype that's not the way you go about making those types of decisions a guy like Gabe Davis who is a low-volume wide receiver, who just happened to blow up for like 40 points this week. As long as the logic in your head made sense, it's okay.
2: Yeah, going to piggyback off of that, do not get discouraged about that. You're going to get shit from your people in your league just because that's what people do. They just see that number on your bench and are like, oh, what an idiot. But nobody in their right mind would have started Gabe Davis this week unless they were absolutely forced to. He's had four targets in two weeks for little to none production, and he's been hobbled with an injury. So you made the right call. The way fantasy football works, just like we talked about it, is it's a lot of luck, and it's a lot of, you know, right place, right time. So don't get too discouraged about it. Keep that boom game in your mind, though. Like, I'm probably going to start Gabe Davis this week just because – I need lightning in a bottle. So I need him. I need the Bills and the Chiefs to be an absolute shootout. I need him to catch four touchdown passes like he did in the playoffs. But don't get discouraged. It's been a super weird year. Like, Najee Harris is the RB29, and Jonathan Taylor is the RB30 this year. Who crazy. Would have, who would have ever thought that? Someone. No. one. crazy things happen in fantasy football. Don't beat yourself up.
0: Yeah, and – it's the same thing, but, like, you could apply this to, like, draft strategy as well. You're like, oh, well, Jonathan Taylor is RB30. Like, why did I draft him first overall? Who else were you going to draft in that position? Yeah, right. You're, you have to do it. You're telling me you were going to take Stephon Diggs at number one? No one was going to do that. So I don't want that shit. Just sometimes, like, you can only do so much, you know? No one's taking a wide receiver at number one overall for the most part. It's like we said a lot of luck plays into this.
1: yeah and I'll add in I think a lot of people when especially when they're deciding their flex player they tend to look at matchups and that's not a bad thing to do especially if you know who like if you're trying to start a wide receiver you're like oh he's gonna have this lockdown corner on him all game which by the way we can't always predict that defenses obviously know that offenses are thinking that too so like they switch things up as well. So, a good receiver can have a great game against a defense that gives up little points to wide receivers. If you guys are following me there, you know how in Yahoo it's like green, gray, and red? Yeah. yeah. And like people see those red matchups and they're like, oh, like, great example. I don't want to start Marquise Brown against the Eagles this week. Right, right. They lock down Jefferson. Well, you know what? You were supposed to start Jefferson that week, and you're supposed to start Marquise Brown, especially when he gets more than ten targets a game for the last three weeks. And it worked out well. Marquise Brown had a great game. It's not like he torched the Eagles, but he had some very explosive plays and a touchdown that got him to be wide receiver one level. You know, and it's week five. So like those defenses have only played four teams. And they're taking that amount of points and saying, Oh, they they've given up the third least points to wide receivers it's like all right but look who they played maybe they didn't play that good or it's also just a small sample size so focus on the player focus on the volume that they get and knowing that big playability what their ceiling is that's important just start them it's the right decision yeah and
0: i'll uh, i'll piggyback off that john i think when you're looking at matchups like you were saying because i'm a victim of this too i'll look at a red matchup and i'll be like ooh, i may not want to start this guy now but you also have to think about the situation that the game may be in. So, for example, let's just say DeAndre Hopkins was playing in Arizona this week. You know, you're like, you think about it, you're like, okay, De- DeAndre Hopkins is probably going to be blanketed by Darius. So who's going to rack up those targets? Because Kyler Murray's probably not going to be throwing DeAndre Hopkins way that much. You know, it's sometimes the matchups don't really matter as much as you think they do. It's the situation that's going to play out throughout the game, you know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. And the last thing I'll say on it is I remember two years ago, it was the very first week of playoffs. I was playing somebody. I didn't have a top two team. So I was playing somebody that first week and Julio Jones was coming off of an injury that week. He like didn't play last week because of a hamstring and he was going to play this week. And I was like, oh my God, do I start him or somebody else? And I looked in the mirror and I told myself, I'm going to be so pissed. You start your stars. Basically, what I'm trying to get down to is you start your stars, your studs, they're in your lineup no matter the matchup. He had.
0: Besides for Najee.
2: Yeah. Besides, Najee's. Well, Najee's kind of playing himself out of that star role, unfortunately. But Julio came out and he put up like 26, 27 points for me. And I think I might have still lost in that playoff game. But if I lost because I didn't start Julio Jones, I would have never forgiven myself. Yeah true
0: yeah start your stars is always something that you like there's nothing that will eat at you more than benching someone that you know you should have started and they go off or whatever it is 40 points or something like that like it's you just can't you just can't do it it's the worst feeling but i think this is a good this is a good point to leave on we'll obviously be back wait um, i I have a
1: bonus piece of advice and and the reason why I have this bonus piece of advice is because last week I wrote this advice down and we ended up getting into a different topic or whatever and I just held on to it so I just wanted to get it out this week and we've talked about it here and there especially in like our prep meetings for these episodes and all that stuff but look it's officially trade season like there are shoppers and there are sellers. And when it comes to trade discussions, there's certain guys that you don't want to be, all right? So maybe you have a guy in your league that that does this. So you don't want to be the guy that when it comes to the trade discussion where they're like, I'm going to use Gabe Davis as an example, all right? So say I'm a Gabe Davis owner and I'm trying to sell him. And like my pitch to this team, all right, you don't want to be this guy would be like, bro, like, I'll give you Gabe Davis, and I'd be like, nah, no, nah, like, Gabe Davis, he's pretty inconsistent this year, I kind of like my receivers, and then the guy that you're not supposed to be is like, bro, like, he can get you 30 points a week, and it's like, first of all, no, he can't, like, he's done that twice, he can't get it to me, he can't get me 30 points every week, and if he could get me 30 points every week, why the hell are you trying to trade him to me? Yep. And don't be the guy that tries to act like you're helping this guy out like one it's just unethical that is that has the we need to coin a term for these guys like the fleece monster it's got the fleece
0: monster all <sighs> around to, i'm like do this for the next episode we need to label like the types of trade people yes and, and i love that if yeah that's actually a very good segment if
1: you're this is how you sell gay davis by the way i figured it out all right you go up to a guy and you say hey All right, you have to find a team that's wide receiver heavy to sell Gabe Davis. All right, you say, hey, you're pretty wide receiver heavy. So if I take this receiver from you and pair Gabe Davis's big playability with a consistent running back, then you'll fill your thin running back role and you'll have a more consistent back there. And you also have Gabe Davis. You already have heavy wide receivers. Gabe will probably ride your bench. But in case you have to start him, you'll have Gabe Davis instead of insert like DJ Moore or something like that.
2: Yeah. yeah. And that's how you the sell. Record, you have to
1: pair Gabe Davis with something consistent where that team is lacking. Gabe Davis is just the icing on the cake because it's boom or bust.
2: Yeah. And for, so for the record. that
1: guy that tries to sell and provide favors. Like, dude, like. He's going to emerge once fucking Deshaun Watson comes back. Dude, stop.
2: And for the record, for everybody listening, I'm the Gabe Davis owner, but that is not how I go about trades. So we are not talking about – when John's bringing this up, he's not talking about me.
0: Paul would never go into a trade like that. Paul's a fair trader. But I will say, John, I disagree with your point because some people – When you're trying to make trades, some people are hesitant to trade because they're scared that they're going to lose the trade or something. Sometimes you have to make people understand that, hey, yes, I'm trying to benefit my team, but in the same light, it's a, yes, I want to benefit my team, but I could benefit your team as well. There's a way to go about it without being like, I'm doing you the whole service and I'm not trying to benefit myself. got to be transparent about what you're trying to do.
2: Yeah. My favorite line is, "Dude, you're honestly an idiot if you don't take this trade." And it's like, "Oh yeah."
0: Once they start
1: insulting you, like, "Dude, you're being a pussy about this," it's like, "All right, I'm just like not
2: trading with you then," because like, I will not be bullied into trading my stars.
0: Once someone like, "Oh, oh, I don't know how to help you," then it's be like, "Dude, you're the one that texted me about trading." (laughs) (laughs) Right. But I think this is a very good point to leave off on. We'll be back on Wednesday. Thank you for listening. Please don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us on all platforms. We'll see you on Wednesday for our look ahead to week six. Everyone follow our TikTok. uh,
2: And Instagram now.
0: Yes. Instagram. Itestpod1 on TikTok.
2: And then it's just the itestpod on Instagram.
0: All right. Awesome. And as always, guys, Please don't root for a player's injuries so you can pick up their backups on waivers. Yeah. It's not Really messed up. Fucked up. All right, see you on Wednesday. Not